Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, everybody? My name is Nathan. This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I was waiting for Charlie to start talking at that time, but he was, I don't know, busy. I, you know, I missed our elevator music today. That's I'm sorry. That's what I was, I was waiting on that maybe. It was to, a little dry. But then we jumped right into just uh, Liberty Rock and... and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> From Charlie's former band, Three Pill Morning, look them up on iTunes. The band is still going, right? They are. They are still going. Yeah. How and, are they uh, making it without you, you think? Is that even... <laughs> well... Whoever would have thought that that was even possible? You know, I'll have to ask Jeff, but... Is their new bass guitarist anywhere close to as tall as you are? He That, for sure, he's not. Okay. Now, his playing ability, I don't, I don't know where it matches to mine. Yeah. Did you guys um, compare, like the levels of drunk and how good you were at playing bass while you were drunk because that's the yeah. actual comparison you know after i retired from three pill morning um i just I, I you know i let them handle that and so you're wearing a coat right now you know i was chilly this morning now it's getting warm and yeah, i might I take say, it off i would say i'm warm under just these, looking at you right under now under these lights you know oh okay so subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time listening subscribe to the good morning liberty podcast on your favorite podcast app if we're not on your favorite podcast app then you need to get better at picking podcast apps that are your favorite <laughs> that's all on, i have to say because we're on all of them a lot of you guys are listening on our website right now which we really appreciate that's really cool and you know, speaking of listening on our website, I mean, we had an article pop yesterday, popping. It's still going. Yeah. It's still going right now. So that that's pretty cool. We have an article that's gotten about eight to 900 shares since I woke up this morning. Um, it's not a, two shabs. No, it had a thousand, it had a thousand, uh, thousand shares yesterday. It's got about 900 shares today. And that's good. That's good for a page, you know, that's got 11,000 followers. We're, we're really excited about that for sure. So that's you guys sharing our stuff. So keep on doing it. We got to run through some quick, quick headline news, some China, some Brexit. We got to talk about Tulsi Gabbard on the Joe Rogan show. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good episode. You know, you're always down to business. I am. We we have a time limit. Today. I know there's a time limit. A but there's time never limit. any time for like Friday chatter. It is Friday, isn't it? It is. You wow. know, and I unfortunately today I have to leave. So I'm going out of town this weekend. Uh, duty calls. Yeah. Um, it's actually for a graduation. It's not for work. But uh, I got to work this weekend, too, while I'm at the graduation. So it's going to be interesting hmm. to be on my computer and clapping at the same time. Yeah, it's going to be weird. <laughs> they're not. I don't know if they're going to let you do that. Yeah. It's going to look suspect. They're going to have place. to. Where is it? Uh, it's it's in Tuscaloosa at, okay. at, at Alabama. Oh, mm. Mm. that's yep. too bad. You that's know, too bad. LSU, though, number one team in the country in college football. Yeah. How about that? I don't watch college sports whatsoever. Not at all. Not even college basketball. Not, like the when March we, Madness. When we lived in Illinois, I would pay attention to whether or not Illinois was doing good. And well, you had some ties I to, did. to I had, Illinois. I had some close ties to the university, and we all did because SIU's coach left and went to U of I at that point yes. in time when U of I's coach left and went to Kansas. So I was I was watching when Bill Self was coaching there, and then Bruce Weber took over there, and I was, I was watching all that. And then we moved to Tennessee, and I've tried to forget everything that had to do with Illinois at that point in time. And now I think the University of Illinois is actually taxing its students. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> to uh, 
to attend their classes. Yeah. You got to pay a class tax. <laughs> yeah. There's a professor tax, a chalkboard tax. They still used chalkboards in uh, school? No. Are these how oh, these universities, they're whiteboards. No, they're they're way past that. Everybody has an uh, an iPad now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. they're way past that. They've got all that money rolling in all the time. All that free government money coming in. So, <laughs> do you want to talk about China? Do you want me to talk about China? Yeah, to start let's, off with? let's go with China. Okay. This uh, this coming from Zero Hedge, China, China, China <laughs> refuses China, China refuses to confirm a trade deal as local media stays dead silent. Local media as in Chinese local yes. media. Okay, yeah. this is Chinese China local media. Okay. Markets are closed in Beijing. The workday is over and there are zero official reports in the local media or comments by state officials that a trade deal ever took place. That may be because, as we explained on Thursday night, the language of the, quote, deal will never be made public and there will be no signing event between President Trump and President Xi. 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 President Xi. China Xi. One may even ask if there even is a, quote, deal. As the Wall Street Journal writes this morning, China indicated that a near-term trade agreement with the U.S. has yet to be completed despite President Trump's sign-off, highlighting the unpredictability of a negotiation process that has rattled global markets and businesses. You know, I saw the stock was stock market was actually up. It's been up a lot. Yeah, it's been up yeah. a lot in anticipation of this yeah. happening. Trump on Thursday approved a so-called phase one trade pact that will scale back existing tariffs on Chinese imports and eliminate new levies scheduled to take effect on Sunday in exchange for a written pledge from Beijing to buy tens of billions of dollars worth of U.S. farm products, among other concessions. While Mr. Trump was upbeat and enthusiastic about this breakthrough, in the words of Michael Pillsbury, an advisor to the president during the trade talks, the mood of Beijing has been decidedly more sober. Basically, they haven't said anything. Yeah. <laughs> As noted above, none of, Ch of none of China's state-owned media outlets or economic agencies involved in the trade negotiations made any public statement on Friday about the deal, which, according to Trump, was finalized. The circumstances are chillingly similar to what happened in May when a deal was, quote, this close, only to collapse in the final moment. The Wall Street Journal reminds us what happened then. Ensuring what senior leaders have described as a balanced agreement has been a priority for Chinese negotiators throughout the process. Beijing walked away from nearly a complete deal uh, in early May because leadership felt that the next of the agreement was too lopsided in Washington's favor. I do have to take a break, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's take a break real quick. <laughs> we're ready? Yeah. Oh, so we're live. I forgot to give you a countdown. Five, four. And we are back. You know, I was absolutely crushing that article. Just and, killing it. And uh, unfortunately, I was interrupted by the old, the old, uh, the old company. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the one that brings in a lot of the dollars. So I had to take that call, even though everyone else is on lunch right now. <laughs> I had to take that call. But essentially, if you guys were here in the live show 15 minutes ago, I was explaining what is happening with China as our stock market is soaring right now because the Trump is basically saying that this trade deal 
is happening. Yeah. Um, but China's being quiet about it. But essentially, maybe is what Trump is what he doing here? Is he just not going to? Is he just going to repeal some of these tariffs? And China's not really doing anything. Well, the pro- just- <laughs> the the main problem we've had here is that he keeps saying that the deal is done or that he signed the deal or something like that. But we have no indication that China's agreeing to any of it. Mm-mm. And it, it reminded me of um, I can't remember the guy that was debating the dude that a uh, Politicon that kept saying that he he moves markets, he tweets, and he moves markets, and he was talking about how this is a terrible thing. It's not necessarily a great thing that Trump continues to tweet saying that this deal is going to happen with China. Our stock market keeps moving up and up and up on the basis that this deal is going to go through. And if it doesn't go through, then you're going to be seeing a really big fall at that point in time, which is why I did buy options on on a three times leverage gold share that expires at the end of January, because I'm betting that there's going to be something bad that's going to happen. So what you're saying is if you were a trader, yeah, you would short this. Um, I don't know if I would short it. I for sure wouldn't buy it. Um, I do technically have what is, what would be considered a short, I guess, because I am betting that this specific gold stock is going to pop up like crazy on the basis that the market has some type of collapse at the end of December, beginning January, something like that. Yeah. That's kind of my guess. What they're saying is, is they're like, is this deja vu all over again? Uh, because this apparently was supposed to be finalized in May. And now here we are in December. Yeah. And it's still not there. And China, China is quiet. <laughs> they are. They, they not, are. They not say nothing. So really the only reason I put this article in here was to let everyone know to tread lightly as far as your feelings about the stock market is concerned. This affects everything. It affects the grain market, which affects everything because of corn and ethanol and, and everything. I mean, my I come from a farm family. Like it affects everything, this deal with China. And he continuously keeps saying that it's going to go through. And we have not had any any indication from China that it's actually going to go through. So all I'm saying is don't get your hopes up too high. Don't base your entire life savings on it or anything like that. Uh, be prepared for this to be you know, announced that it's not going to happen. And you're going to see a massive market downturn at that point in time because the idea that it's going to go through is kind of what they call baked into the numbers right now uh, is that the deal is going to go through. So if it doesn't, you're going to have a big shift in the other direction. Uh, so speaking, hope, you know, I hope it does though. Of course, oh, like being free yeah. market people, you yeah. want free trade between uh, countries. Yeah. I want the deal to go through. Yeah. Well, I want just free trade overall on, exactly. uh, on everything. I want them to take away these tariffs and that's, what's going to be part of the deal. So they're going to start phasing out these tariffs as they can. And I, I want that to happen for sure. But the market is acting like it's a certainty that's going to happen. And it really isn't. It really isn't at all. So speaking of trade, we want to talk about what's going on in the UK. Boris Johnson handily won his re-election uh, by re-election. a lot. Well, his election, whatever you want to yeah, call it. I don't know what regular, they call I think those it's a regular things. election. Um, so what, the way that they do it in the UK, by the way, is they, they have their different parties. And whichever party wins the most seats, that's the person, like the leader of that party gets to be the prime minister. If you could imagine, if you could imagine whichever Democrat or Republican party, whichever one wins the most seats in the House of Representatives, then that party gets to appoint the president at that point in time. Can you imagine? I mean, just, oh, the tyranny 
the tyranny that would ensue. But uh, anyway, so Boris Johnson uh, embarrassed the other party, the uh, the Labor Party, I believe is what they call it. His mm-hmm. party is called the Tory. So this is from uh, AP News from London. Prime Minister Boris Johnson's Conservative Party has won a thumping majority of seats in Britain's Parliament, a decisive outcome to a Brexit-dominated election that should allow Johnson to fulfill his plan to take the UK out of the European Union next month. With 642 of the 650 results declared on Friday, the Conservatives had 358 seats and the main opposition Labour Party 203. Johnson said it looked like the Conservatives had a powerful new mandate to get Brexit done. The victory makes Johnson the most electoral, successful Conservative leader since Margaret Thatcher, another politician who was loved and loathed in almost equal measure. It was a disaster for left-wing labor leader Jeremy Corbyn, who faced calls for his resignation even as the results rolled in. Corbyn called the results very disappointing for his party and said he would not lead labor into another election, though he resisted calls to quit immediately. Results poured in early Friday showing a substantial shift in support to the conservatives from labor. In the last election, in 2017, the Conservatives won 318 seats and Labor 262. The result this time delivered the biggest Tory majority since Thatcher's 1980s heyday and Labor's lowest number of seats since 1935. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. So it looks like, you know, it looks like the the Brexit thing is going to happen. They're going to separate themselves from the EU. Now I've been well. It looks like the the narrow victory of the referendum that happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, wasn't just a narrow victory. By no. the way, the 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 UK people are still speaking out, saying we do not like the direction that the Labour Party is leading us. Yeah, with uh, you know arresting people like the like the comedian who taught the pug. Oh the, yeah, the yeah. Heil Hitler salute yeah. and all of the crazy leftist policies that are happening. They're like, yeah, we're you guys are going way too far. So now we're going to make sure that we, you know, have a populist prime minister now and yeah. Boris Johnson, who's a, they're what are they calling him? The Trump light or something like yeah, that. He's, he's, he's Trumpish compared very closely to Trump. And the reason is this whole Brexit thing. Now, we talk a lot about the currency, how they want to separate from the euro. They want to have the British pound. They want to be well, able to have, have the currency. The they yeah. do, but they want to move. They want to detach themselves from the euro because they believe it's unstable. They're paying money into the European Union. They're not getting that amount of money back. These other countries like Greece, places like that are defaulting or needing bail outs and it's they think is going to destroy the currency so they want to be able to separate and and that part is really good that part's really good now the other part is the the bigger part of this is the trade scenario and the citizenship and immigration scenario that's going on in this now in in the european union you can be say a citizen of the uk and you can travel about freely and work and do everything in other EU countries. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes for people who are in the EU. They can come over to the UK. This is going to stop that. Now, what they said is the people who are already doing this are going to be fine. They're going to be fine. But they want to be able to control their borders from what people are coming in and out. So this obviously getting compared a lot to what happened in 2016 in the U.S., that they've got this massive influx of immigrants that are coming in. They're taking advantage of a lot of this. You know, they've taken a lot of um, a lot of people from 
Syria and all the all the other all the other countries like that and you see stories where the people in Germany are really upset about it people in other countries are upset about it and that's what this election what the whole Brexit thing they're saying is really about is the same thing the build the wall campaign mm-hmm. that Trump ran on that that is what has actually got all these people upset and now they're going to be able to negotiate their own trade deals between other countries in the eu and what's coming into the uk so they're talking about putting tariffs on things that are coming from other countries in the eu to try and help businesses in the uk that are having to compete with all those other those other uh, companies in the eu so it's not necessarily all Good. You know, as a libertarian, we talk about uh, Brexit. That's awesome. They should separate. This is this is great. It doesn't mean that it's all for great reasons, really, because we're free trade kind of people. We think everyone should compete, should be able to get the the cheapest uh, good, you know, the best price for the best good that they can get regardless of where it comes from. That's that's where I come down anyway. And so while I support them separating off, obviously, I'm totally fine with that. I think that, you know, if they can, then they should do it. I don't necessarily support all of the reasons for them doing this, which is so they can put tariffs on things coming from the EU and and things from Northern Ireland, which is connected. You know, it's 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 not all like great economic reasons that this is happening. The problem is here's the issue with nationalism because that's what this movement really is about. It is. Hey, we are great Britain. You know, we're the UK. We don't identify with those other people. And it's not necessarily more, it's not really an ethnic thing, kind of like what Germany was when in the Hitler days, but it can lead to that by the way, nationalism can lead to tyranny. Yeah. So you have to be careful about how closed off you actually are to other countries. It can be detrimental to your uh, trade, to your uh, other things that Nate had mentioned where, you know, right now they have the free movement of people. They've got, um, you know, free trade, basically, essentially with all the other European countries. And basically the EU negotiates all of the trade between all of those countries and they, they all have to adhere to the same rules. Right. So they want to make their own. But I also understand that, you know, the UK's put in most of the money to the EU and the Euro is not very stable and the international bank and the way they do banking, um, the way banking's done all across the world is quite nefarious. Yeah. So I understand them wanting to be a sovereign nation, obviously, because they are a sovereign nation to, uh, you know, make sure that their people are helped uh, over some others, let's say. From what I saw, they pay in about $39 billion into the EU every year, and they get about $20 billion back uh, from that. So this is people, it, we're like Charlie said, we're seeing this in our country too, like, hey, I'm paying and, and and someone else is reaping the benefit of our money that's going somewhere. Like we're not getting an equal benefit from our money. There's these people who are just coming in and taking advantage of this. And it's important to shed light on these things because these countries in Europe are used as talking points for America's socialists. And it's important to realize that it's not exactly as if all the people in Europe agree with everything that's going on there. They want to be able to keep their money too. They want to be able to to protect their businesses from competition too. They want to be able to protect their borders and decide who's coming in and out. 
people are the same, really, wherever you put them. They all have, they are all the same. So you can't just look at Europe and say, those are a bunch of people who just love far leftist socialism. You know, any video, any video can spotlight 10 people that that agree with far leftist socialism and you can say oh look all these people think that our prices in the u.s are ridiculous for healthcare." okay well you need to do a video that's showing people from both sides really that you can't just look at one video and say everyone believes this so i think that this is important to see i mean this guy won handily it was an obvious referendum on the far left socialist kind of party over there the labor party and uh, it's clear what the bulk of people want in the UK. So that's just something to, to shed some light on. Yeah, it's not, uh, you know, I think after the Brexit vote, they were saying, oh, well, voters are uneducated and all this. No, they've doubled down, Yeah. by the way. Yeah, there's this been is, years now of talking about Brexit. They've had time to look yeah, up everything. They have. Uh, and it got harder, like they got even more convinced that Brexit needed to happen. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, massive win for a conservative party yeah. there in London. Let's talk about Tulsi Gabbard real quick because I put her as the, uh, that's the title of the show. We'll play one of these Do clips. we have time for Elon Musk today? <laughs> I had an Elon Musk story <laughs> in actually that I didn't tell you about. Elon Musk is sending marijuana plants to the International Space Station in 2020. Ah. Which is hilarious to me considering considering he got in so much that he trouble. Got in trouble and they had the you know nasa had to pay like five million dollars to train the space <laughs> the astronauts on the dangers of smoking weed and he's literally sending marijuana plants in one of the capsules up to the international space that's Station. hilarious <laughs> You know, yesterday I you said we guy. were going to talk about Elon Musk no matter what. Well, we I got in my talking points, really, oh, and, okay. you know, condensed down version. So if you want to hear what I thought about his compensation, let's talk about it at the end of yesterday's show. Go listen to it. Um, so Tulsi Gabbard was on the Joe Rogan podcast was last week, week before, something like that. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago, I think. I with, just got uh, around to listening to it. With good old Jocko mm -hmm. Willink. Yeah. And uh, I know, you know, Tulsi has... A lot of views that we would agree with we're we're pretty pretty much aligned on a lot of foreign policy views with her mm -hmm. she actually was also talking about uh protecting the fourth amendment and how it was wrong for people to be illegally spying on people and, and all of that so a lot of libertarians are like yeah tulsi gabbard yeah she's the closest thing to a libertarian candidate that we have and then i was listening to this podcast and i heard her start talking about regulating the big tech companies. Right. So I, well, for I, those who don't know who Tulsi Gabbard is, she is a Democrat running for the Democratic primary. She's yeah. a, she's a veteran and she's also currently in the National Guard as well. She is a current House of Representatives a member from Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so and she does have, like Nate said, views we agree with about non-interventionism and how the Iraq war was a bad idea. These regime change wars are a bad idea. So there are a lot of things. I would say not a lot, but there are a few things that we definitely agree upon, but she does support, you know, Medicare for all and different things that are very way too far left for libertarians yeah. to get behind. But uh, Mr. Producer Row, clip seven. <laughs> you're showing us you're pulling strings. Yep. And everybody's like, well, I'm, what's going on? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, her so account dangerous. got suspended. Whatever. No, you, they're, they're interfering with democracy yep. in this weird sort of semi-legal way. 
You know, like they, you could just say they violated policy. Like what policy? What yeah. policy did you violate? Did they just cancel your ad? They, they, they still have not told us that. That's uh, insane. The policy That's you the violated point. was being a viable candidate yeah. for president right. of the United States it of America. It has to be. It has exactly. to be. Not it only a viable candidate, but one that's saying, hey, you guys are too fucking big. Yeah. I'm going to break up these yes. monopolies and provide the kinds of oversight and accountability that will protect the consumer, that will protect the American people, will protect fair and honest discourse, protect freedom of speech. That's the issue. And that's, uh, frankly, that's a difference. Okay. So they're talking about how she, she clearly got done wrong by Google after the first democratic presidential debate. She was the most Google candidate and her ad, her Google ads were turned off for no reason. They would not allow her to run ads during that time. No reason. And then like the next day they turned them back on. And so it's, it's clearly obvious that there was something going on in the background at that point in time. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. That's totally shady that they're doing that. And then Miss, uh, Miss, you know, libertarian candidate, if that, if that's what you guys want to believe, (laughs) starts talking about how we have to break up these big tech monopolies. And all I would ask, I need someone to tell me how these companies are monopolies. I need someone to tell me that, please. That's all I'm asking. Well, I can't tell you that. No. Because they're not. I know. They're not, I know. They're we, not monopolies. We want to call them monopolies, but they're, you know, words have meanings. They do. Mm-hmm. And as far as the meaning of a monopoly, they are not a monopoly. Are they the biggest? Is Facebook the biggest social media company? Yeah. That doesn't make them a monopoly. That means that they're the one that most people want to use. If you want to make your own social media company, you know, you think Facebook came in and stopped Jordan Peterson and, the, and those guys from creating ThinkSpot that he that they're releasing right now. You know, did Facebook come in and stop Dorsey from creating Twitter or whoever actually created it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your definition for monopoly here? How what what is it that they have the most people that use their platform? So anyone that ever becomes popular, you're going to call them a monopoly? Just because they have the most people using it I mean, at that does, point in time. Here's the thing: Does the left having a monopoly on the <laughs> on the CEOs of these companies all aligning with the same thing? Yeah. So, the, so maybe they have a left. They maybe they have a monopoly on thought. Leftist ideology has a monopoly. <laughs> that's what that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Actually, it's the same thing with Google. We made a point the other day on the show. I searched: Is Google a monopoly on DuckDuckGo? and found the first article saying that Google was a monopoly. How did I search, is Google a monopoly, on a different search engine other than Google and return the first search result that said that Google was a monopoly? How is that possible? Let's see what, if I search as Google a monopoly on Google. <laughs> the first- Probably uh, Investopedia is one of the first ones that come up. The first one that pops up, it says, a firm that has no significant competitive constraints on its pricing discretion will be regarded as having a monopoly power, significant or substantial market power. However, however, this does not necessarily mean Google has a discretion over price. In 2017, Google had revenues of approximately $110 billion. So they're saying, uh, nah, no. Google says they're not a monopoly. Yeah. So if <laughs> you search really on funny. Google, I searched on DuckDuckGo and it said it was and search on Google. It says yeah. it's not. That's hilarious. That's pretty good. So anyway, all I wanted to say to Tulsi was someone show me how they're a monopoly. I'm open to looking to see how they're a monopoly. Just show someone tell me how. And it cannot be 
that they have the largest market share of something because that does not mean that they aren't vulnerable to new competition that's going to do a better job. They're just not. I mean, Microsoft owns Bing. Are you telling me that Google's op is exercising its clear monopoly force over Microsoft? Right. Like you're just throwing out words that have bad, you know, bad connotations attached to them and, and attaching them to these companies with no basis whatsoever. You do not want the government controlling these companies whatsoever. You want no regulation from the government because you don't know who's going to be running the government. This goes for people on the left and the right. If you're on the right and you're worried about these people censoring people on the right, you don't want to give the government the right to tell them what they can and can't do because what happens when you've got a government completely controlled by the left? You're going to trust that they're going to make sure that you're not getting censored at that point in time? No, you you can't do that. Same goes for people on the left. It looks like uh, Google has a worldwide market share of 89.96% of yeah. search engines, while Bing accounts for 5.27%. Um, Chinese search engine, Badu's, market share was 0.57%. Yeah. So they don't have 100% even. 87 is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of percentage the, share. The but problem they don't is have it all. People define the the new definition of monopoly is whoever the biggest market share is. That's right. what they'll say is a monopoly. I mean, we've talked about it with Amazon a ton of times. They've bar- they've got fifty percent of the online retail sales, like five to ten percent of total retail sales, and they're called a monopoly. It makes no sense whatsoever. And I'm telling at you, all. they're not a monopoly. I'm telling you, they're not a monopoly. Okay? <laughs> so Charlie's got to go get on the call. We really appreciate you guys watching and listening today. You guys can always watch live on YouTube or Facebook. We don't know when we're going to go live, so just go on there and keep it and refresh all day until it says that we're live. We really you, would appreciate it. Yeah, you get a notification. No, I would rather them just hit oh, refresh okay. on our page all okay. day. So don't tell them. Don't tell them that. I'm going to edit that out of here okay so okay go do that follow us on instagram at good morning liberty follow us on twitter at good am liberty look at that those are two different platforms i just named and both of them are monopolies okay let's talk and then also find us on facebook that's three now and all of them are monopolies yeah follow us on all the monopolies yeah and then go to follow us on each one of our monopoly platforms that that have they're the only person in the market but go to each Go to all yeah. three of them. And then Pasco. Yeah. And then go to gmlconnect.com if you want to find every single thing. Read some great articles on politics and economics. Charlie, take us out. Support this show with your dollars. With your U.S. dollars. We don't accept the euro. Uh, <laughs> but you can convert that over to U.S. dollars. Yeah. And uh, you can support this show by going to our shop at goodmorningliberty.us slash shop. Get yourself a t-shirt, a mug, uh, a hoodie. Because it's cold outside. It's now December. And get yourself something in return for supporting this wonderful glorious liberty show that you guys all love we can't thank you guys enough for listening and sharing the show if you do all of that then we will be back here again on monday uh to do this all over again hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty